Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Uh, this week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Russian Civil War. Um, I've, uh, if you noticed in the last few podcasts, tried to kind of bring the Russia side of things up to date a little bit. There are a few gaps, a few holes, and uh, moving on to the Russian Civil War is the, the next logical step. Um, the, the Russian Civil War is a very complicated and confusing thing to study because it is um, not really a, a standard civil war, i.e. in that there are two sides vying with clear ideological positions for the future of a um of of a nation. It is it it is that, but combined with um the intervention of uh, allied powers from overseas and also the breakdown of the state in which the two sides are fighting over. So you also have nationalist breakaway movements and um, the, the collapse of the empire, the loss of places like Finland and Poland, and the um, attempt of places like Ukraine for autonomy. So in many ways, the um, political goals of the Reds and the Whites are also uh, deeply intertwined with these other um, more local uh, disputes and um, ambitions that are going on. So firstly, a word about the the White Forces. Uh, The White Forces are a mixture of various um, different uh, factions. On the one side, you have a number of old Tsarist generals who probably wouldn't have put the Tsar back in a position of power, probably had they won some manner of military dictatorship would have emerged. Um, you have figures like Denikin, Wrangel, Kolchak and Kornilov, um, all, all of whom don't so much have a, a clear ideological position as to what they see Russia as, um, they are purely reaction, purely reactionary and the, this is part of their downfall. They have um, no no real programme other than to destroy the Bolsheviks. Um, the uh, officers who join them are men whose um, lives have been devastated by the Bolsheviks, whose lands have been sequestered, whose families have been executed, whose wealth has been lost. And um, there was a, a popular feeling amongst the uh, young officers of the White Army that really um, the old Russia was dead anyway. The Russia that they had known had been killed by the revolution. And there was a a rather kind of bleak kind of fatalism amongst many of them. They may win this war, 
but everything that they had fought for that they had um, fought for was lost anyway. And there was therefore a kind of a a, a certain sort of angry um, violence to them uh, in that they uh, did not, as their generals did not really stand for very much other than the uh, you know, bloody revenge and the destruction of their enemies. And the uh, ordinary Russians, particularly the peasants, are looking to the white forces really to present them any kind of credible alternative to the Bolsheviks. The, the Bolsheviks, they know, or strongly suspect, will not honour their promises to give them land or um, allow them to keep the land. And as war communism kicks in, and if you're not sure about war communism, go back a couple of podcasts and look at the um, podcast that I recorded on the Red Terror. I think it's, in fact, the last one before this. Um, and that should give you um, a background on that. But suffice to say, um, the uh, policy of war communism is catastrophic for the peasants. And there would have been an ideal opportunity amongst the white armies, really, to rally peasant Russia against the um, Bolsheviks. But unfortunately, the white armies offer no programme. They offer no propaganda. Um, they have no uh, policy to the peasants other than business as usual, uh, oppression and um, the um, rule of the aristocrats and the landowners, which is um, hardly an alternative. The um, white uh, officers tended to treat their, their the peasant soldiers who fought for them with um, even greater sort of dislike, disdain and disregard um, after the revolution than before it. And these kinds of things um, really translated into um, the pendulum of support shifting towards the Bolsheviks as the lesser of two evils. Britain, France and um, America and Japan, though Japan's a slightly different case, Japan is really, um, when she invades in the East, is... Um, serving her own goals and is uh, less interested in actually supporting a, a new white government than uh, annexing a large chunk of land in the East. Anyway, suffice to say, Britain, France and America in the West all um, help uh, in various ways to uh, keep the white cause going. War loans, um, the landing of troops, America lands 12,000 troops, um, and as do the, the British and French in roughly equivalent numbers. And the um, equipping of white armies with um, uh, the uh, latest in um, military hardware and uniforms. Um, this keeps the white armies going, but very quickly, uh, the in Britain and France and America, um, major misgivings are um, aired about the. Um, efficacy uh, of supporting the whites. Not only do the whites, as we say, have no policy, they have no nothing to appeal to the bulk of the Russian population with, and those are the people who you're really, really going to win the war with. Um, they, the armies are clearly uh, riven with corruption and incompetence. Lenin, I don't know whether it's an apocryphal tale, but it is apparently true, Lenin supposedly wrote to the British um, government rather sarcastic note thanking them for all their equipment uh, and what had happened is the uh, white officers had sold uh, uniforms, boots and rifles on the black market that had been delivered uh, by the Royal Navy and the, um, uh, the net effect of that was of course that the, the Red Army um, avidly bought them um, or uh, confiscated them or what have you. Um, 
So the the uh, the the partners that Britain and America thought they had in Russia were seen to be as quite weak ones, and there was the age-old problem of uh, the ego of generals. The white generals are unwilling to properly work together and coordinate their forces, and it's the you know as all major wars of the twentieth century have shown, it's the coordination of armies that tends to win the day. The other problem that the white armies have is that um, part of their cohort is made up with Ukrainian Cossacks. Uh, there's another force from the south. Um, there's an alliance between the Ukrainian Cossacks and the Social Revolutionary Party. Now, the Social Revolutionary Party were determined to uh, undo the Bolsheviks, largely because they, if anybody, were the legitimate rulers of Russia after November 1917. After November 1917, uh, there had been uh, national elections to a, a nationwide constituent assembly, and that constituent assembly um, had been convened and then quickly shut down by the Bolsheviks. So the, the Bolsheviks had hoped that they would win the elections, but they are uh, resoundingly trounced by the Social Revolutionary Party, who are far more moderate than the Bolsheviks, but also have spent many, many years um, developing their peasant base within Russia, and peasants aren't make up the bulk of the population, therefore they cast the bulk of the votes. So the um, uh, closing of the Constituent Assembly and the uh, betrayal, really, of the um, Social Revolutionary Party uh, leads the Social Revolutionaries into uh, direct opposition to the Bolsheviks and one of the things that the social revolutionaries had specialised in throughout their many years of opposition to the Tsar was terrorism. They knew about bomb making, they knew about assassinations and it had been them, not the Bolsheviks, throughout the 1860s to the 1900s really that had accounted for the the majority of killings of Tsarist ministers um, and um, members of the regime and the, the Bolsheviks even with their new security apparatus of the Cheka, uh, the Bolsheviks have a very, very weak grasp on the country and are the uh, recipients of uh, a number of uh, bombings and assassinations and killings um, in the, the run up to the Civil War. So the White Army is this, or the White Forces really, are this loose and uh, unallied, uh, uncooperative coalition with no ideological message. Um, they are top heavy. They have uh, too many soldiers, too many generals, too many officers, and too few rank and file men. Very often, you found in white armies actual, you know, majors, colonels, and captains doing frontline fighting. Um, on the other hand, when you look at the Red Army, you actually have quite the opposite. You have uh, too many Indians, not enough chiefs, so to speak. The Red Army begins uh, from the, the remnants of the, uh, the, the Tsarist forces that uh, move over to the revolution, along with um, the, the Red Guards from various uh, revolutionary cities. And there are kind of um, ragtag forces, really. Um, one of the key um, uh, units that the, the Reds rely on an awful lot are the Kronstadt sailors, the kind of hardiest and most most battle hardened forces that uh, are are loyal to the revolution 
It's the the figure of Leon Trotsky in the Red Army that is um, one of the one of the pivotal causes of their victory. Trotsky, um, who having read various biographies of him, doesn't seem to have done much than other than thrown a punch in anger um, in the the, pre, the his preceding years. Adapts to the role of military leader extraordinarily well. You know, the man may well have his critics and his uh, denouncers. But his ability to grasp the fundamentals of warfare very quickly without any kind of formal education in the subject is nothing short of remarkable, really. Um, Trotsky, Trotsky's ego seems to have um, played a key part in all of this. He um, frequently uh, would appear to men on a bestride a white horse and, um, you know, in, in some instances even led men into battle. Um, uh, the the extent to which he was really in harm's way, I'm not sure about, and that's perhaps doubtful. Um, but certainly, he he liked to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, appear to lead by example. He was a great organiser. I mean, this is one of, again one of the reasons why he is entrusted by Lenin with the uh, creation of a Red Army. Um, his uh, his skill for um, organising and deploying forces was really uh, quite second to none. Um, the other thing that he is good at is blackmail, and one of the um, uh, key areas where Trotsky had knew he had advantages that he knew he had many experienced Tsarist generals in prison. And the option that was given to these Tsarist generals was that they were now generals in the Red Army, and if they did not perform the way Trotsky hoped they did, uh, or if he suspected they were guilty of any kind of treason, uh, Trotsky would execute their families. Trotsky was helped in one key regard in that the territories that had fallen to the revolution were really were Russia's heartland, the industrialised parts of Russia um, with a, a railway network. The enemies of the revolution existed kind of at the periphery in the in in Siberia, in the Ukraine, towards the east, and they you know the the revolution was surrounded 
by its enemies. But these enemies occupied areas which were poor in um, industry, weak in agriculture, and that led to hungry, impoverished armies with low morale. Trotsky makes great use of the railway network across Russia and um, creates his own uh, train, to uh, armoured train to take him uh, to from battlefront to battlefront on board is a, uh, a printing press and when they stop at various um, uh, destinations uh, will hand out um, a newspaper to soldiers and, and um, Trotsky becomes a popular figure amongst them. The uh, use of the Cheka detachments to motivate Russian uh, Red Army soldiers into battle, again, is another uh, key uh, means of focusing the thoughts, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, uh, lining up a uh, Maxim machine gun and shooting down men who were too frightened or um, who turned back was um, the, uh, the tr- a quite traditional Bolshevik way of uh, keeping men uh, marching in the right direction. The um, intervention of the Allies actually does an awful lot for the Bolshevik cause. The Bolsheviks are able to kind of monopolise this idea that they are patriots, that Russia's being invaded. You know, it was the Germans last time, but it's the the British and the French now, and as in the, the minds of your commoner garden Russian peasant at the time, there's scant little difference between the two. These are all just, you know, Germans, English, French, foreigners. Um, and the, the Bolsheviks, if they're the party who aren't allied with these people and who are fighting for Russia, then this is seen as a, as a positive. And the, the Bolsheviks are willing to wear any garb, any kind of um, um, costume, if, it were, if you will, in order to draw that sense of, uh, to draw any kind of support to them. Um, they know that hanging on to Russia is going to be extremely difficult, and so uh, any any strategy is uh, worth giving a go. Emerging in the midst of all this chaos is a, a, a kind of localism which worries Lenin immensely. Uh, in places like the um, Ukraine, you have um, what is loosely described as a green movement. To describe it as, as a movement itself is, is slightly misleading, as there was precious little organisation. But you, you have, in essence, um, local and regional um, groups emerging who are neither want the Bolsheviks nor the whites anywhere near them. And every time an army turns up, of whatever colour, it tends to cause um, chaos and bloodshed. And these were referred to as, as the Greens. Um, one of their leading figures is um, a fascinating character, well worth reading up on. Um, someone should make a movie about this guy at some point, a guy called Nestor Makhno, um, who was uh, an, an anarchist who um, led a kind of guerrilla partisan war against um, both the Whites and the Reds um, to, to keep them at bay. And um, you know, eventually um, fled the revolution and, and wound up sort of dying in Paris decades later. Um, but uh, you know, a, a brilliant intellectual and um, a, a warrior, and um, you know, a very charismatic figure. The the Green Movement um, spelled uh, a problem to Lenin. Uh, vastly greater in many ways than the Whites did. The Whites were um, armies who could be surrounded and defeated um, on the open battlefield. 
the Greens represented the population. The Greens represented the possibility that the population might never submit to Bolshevik rule. And if the population um, didn't, that meant that the food supply would forever be in jeopardy. And this, again, gives us interesting clues as to why Lenin was so keen on measures like war communism. Um, suffice to say that the, um, the Green Movement is defeated partly because it's not centrally organised like the Red Army is, but it takes an awful lot to do that. Trotsky also had the problem um, of the rather formidable Czech Legion um, in the middle of Russia. These were prisoners of war from the Austro-Hungarian Empire, often rather reluctant fighters on behalf of the Austro-Hungarians, who had, um, well, you know, the, the Czechs had been part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire for a very long time. They had been um, captured by the Russians, and whilst on Russian soil had been allowed to form themselves into the Czech Legion to fight against the Central Powers and, in, in the Czechs' view, for the independence of a new Czech state that they hoped would be, and hoped um, and, and was, in fact, created at the end of the war. However, with the um, end, with the, the revolution, um, all bets are kind of off. What you have now in the middle of the country is a... a a, a force notionally allied really to the British and the French um, to counter-revolutionary forces um, which um, Trotsky insists should be disarmed. The Czechs rightfully are deeply suspicious of being um, disarmed by the Bolsheviks and suspect that probably what will happen is that when they are disarmed they'll be executed as, counter as a counter-revolutionary force. Um, when the um, Red Army attempts to disarm them, the uh, Czechs quickly defeat them and uh, go on to fight a formidable campaign to control the Trans-Siberian Railway. Their goal was to uh, exit Russia via Siberia, um, get to America, cross America, get back to Europe and get back in the fight against Germany and Austria-Hungary and to um, then defeat them and earn their place at the, the Paris Peace Conference. Most of them by 1920 get away. It uh, helped that they had captured a leading white army uh, leader, Admiral Kolchak, and uh, a large amount of Tsarist gold, which they were uh, happy to hand over. Um, with the help of the Red Cross, they were evacuated, about 60,000, 70,000 of them were evacuated to Vladivostok and uh, managed to escape. It's a, one of those rare tales in modern history of uh, uh, where it's uh, almost like uh, almost slightly cinematic but let's not get ahead of ourselves so um, ultimately um, the the civil war isn't um, won necessarily by kind of the uh, ingenuity and popularity of the Bolsheviks it's won because the the alternatives to the Bolsheviks are weak, unappealing, poorly organised and um, unable to create any kind of meaningful government. Now, the uh, the government that is created after the, the Civil War, the um, you know, Lenin's government, well, Lenin's government is created during the Civil War, uh, is really shaped by the Civil War. Um, the... Um, Sort of the sympathetic view of Lenin. I'm not sure I go along with this particularly, but the more sympathetic view of Lenin 
um, suggests that were it not for the civil war, much of the authoritarianism of Bolshevik Russia would perhaps not have occurred, um, and there would have been perhaps far less, um, far less violence towards kind of class enemies. Well, this kind of speculative stuff does none of us any good. We, you know, we we can uh, make like, counterfactuals until the cows come home, and uh, none the wiser about anything. I think the point is, is that the civil war very probably is a contributory factor in um, the uh, creating a sort of a, a brutalized generation of commissars. Um, the civil war accounts for something like about 14 million deaths in Russia. It's a staggering, a staggering sum. Now that figure, there are lower and higher estimates. Uh, there are some say it's 10, some say it's 20 million. Um, you know, the, these kinds of um, mass killing uh, figures are, are notoriously uh, ambiguous within um, uh, within modern history. But the point, the point being that the state that emerges from the civil war is massively weakened, um, is um, damaged by famine, um, has lost many of the uh, uh, the generation of people who would have been able to help Russia get back on its feet in terms of its economy and uh, administration and that kind of thing, and the infrastructure is of course uh, deeply damaged. Uh, many, it's not just the countryside that starves; it's the cities as well. And not so much through the actions of the whites, really, but through the actions of the Bolsheviks themselves. So um, at some point in the near future, I'm going to move on to look at um, the policies between 1921 and 24 that Lenin institutes to try to get Russia back on its feet and the legacy that those create for the future. Now, I hope this has been useful for you. Um, if you need anything else on this subject if you go to my website there's a downloadable ebook there on the student's guide to the russian revolution that's got all you need on the russian civil war in it uh, in a kind of concise and easy way to uh, get you through exams and that kind of thing and um, you might also want to have a look at chris kostov's um, the communist century again plenty of handy and useful and valuable stuff in there um, anyway, I hope this was uh, interesting and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.